Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How would you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset, and that's when you can reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Look, it's summertime. Transfer window is coming up. It's gonna get crazy. So if you ever just wanna, again, take a step back and relax, read the transfer rounds, read the gossip rumors, grab a Coors Light. It'll be perfect companion for all those transfer merry-go-rounds. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when the beer is cold. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Now that it's finally hot in Minnesota, I'm going to be looking for an easy beer to drink, and Coors Light is perfect for that. It's lagered, it's cold filtered, and it's cold packaged. It's, again, made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies perfect for a moment to unwind and so when you want to hit reset reach for the beer that's made to chill get coors light in the new look delivered straight to your door with drizzly or instacart coors brewing company golden colorado and as always celebrate all right so you're listening to this podcast right now london is blue and guess what we host our podcast on anchor.fm that's right if you're looking to host your own podcast this is the easiest free way to get started. This got a content creation tool allows you to record and the podcast right from a phone. That's right. Don't even need a computer, but you can do it there too. They'll also help you distribute it, which is probably the most challenging part. You don't want to have to mess with that. They got you covered. You can get it right on a Spotify and Apple podcast as well as any other place podcasts are found. And you know what? You can monetize it too. Make a little cash for sharing your great content with the world. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one individual place. So you know what? Head over to your app store, download the Anchor app, or head to anchor.fm to get started if you're ready to launch your podcast and make it happen. Hi, I'm Paulo Ferreira, and you are listening to The London Miss Blue. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to the London is Blue podcast, a podcast made for the fans, by the fans, celebrating the only team that matters. Come on, you blues. Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the London is Blue podcast presented by World Soccer Shop. Head on over to worldsoccershop.com to get the sickest champions 17 kits available home away and third absolute fire check it out so hey oh chelsea fans you are in for a thriller of an episode seven goals zero defending zero conte freakouts a ruckus stadium and so much more i think we should go ahead and have dan and nick give me the guard of honor to start this tonight right guys yeah, hey, look, I I applaud you for all the work that you do. I mean, just tremendous. So, uh, Dan, did you remember your champagne for tonight? Or oh, t- I remember doing it two <laughs> weeks in a row. Uh, <laughs> that was that was uh, exceptional. Did you buy like a little six pack of, of champagne bottles? I should have, man. the The lady looked at like the lady at the liquor store around around the corner from my place looked at me a little weird just when I was buying one one little champagne. She's like, "Don't you want like a big one?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm not gonna drink it by myself in one day." I mean, it yeah, was Sunday the, after the, all. The big the big one is not a single serving size. Then is what you're yeah. telling me. Well, I mean, it could be if you tried really hard. 
Okay. That's that's good to know for future. You know who also. you know who tried really hard? Diego. Who? Yeah, he did. Uh, he did also force feed it to Conte afterwards. He he wanted it. He loved it. Diego needed one of those. Have you seen those shambongs that where you can chug champagne effortlessly? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. They should actually pay us money for plugging them on the show, but it, it's that's what Diego needed. Well, you know, I think that we're just going to have to try to party like Diego and uh, survive. I mean, he will get into this. I can't believe he's on the bench today. But, guys, let's go ahead and kick this off the way we always do with some iTunes reviews. It is my week, and it just happens to turn out there's only one. So we're going to give it a little extra convenient. love. You know, Super convenient for you is what I would say. I'm sneaking in on the short turnaround so we didn't get flooded this week. Dan, you can hit up for... Shout outs from Dan next week. The more, the merrier, guys. Please keep them coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, Bones Bridage 5. Um, is, you know, already mentioning that Chelsea are champions. You love it. I mean, that's what we can go back to referring Chelsea Football Club as the champions of England. And there's no disputing that. There's no, well, second place since January 1st nonsense. No, 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 no. It's official. <laughs> Goal patch. And then. Going on There's the no asterisks next to our champions. Yeah, no stats, twisting things, or anything. Um, and it, it is great. So let's go ahead. We're going to jump into the Watford match review, as we always do. But real quick, we have a really, really great message from our wonderful sponsors, World Soccer Shop. Here we go. Hey, Dan, if you really wanted to uh, to see some new kit releases, some awesome gear, um, you know, maybe some attractive models modeling some great gear, where would you want to go to see that stuff? Uh, I, I think I would go on Instagram and I imagine that I would want to follow the World Soccer Shop account. This is the truth, uh, Dan. You you speak the truth. I mean, we, we don't always agree on a lot, but that is true. Follow World Soccer Shop on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter. It's a great way to support us and to uh, to support them at the same time. Back to you, Brandon. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. But it's time to get to business. We played Watford. It was another Premier League match, and we were back. First time this season at Stamford Bridge as champions of england what a party that was i don't know if you guys caught the broadcast early enough but the announcer actually introduced mishi as the goal scorer you know the winning goal for the champions of england it was fantastic the introductions that these guys got this uh in this match nick yeah i mean it's it's well deserved i mean when you go you know 36 games uh, you have two games left to kind of just run out your season. You've already won the title because, you know, they count all of the games, not just the one since January. And, uh, and and you have the moment to kind of walk that guard of honor to celebrate with your fans who have supported you all year. Uh, you know, I think it's just a great thing. And, you know, it's great for Mishi to uh, forever have that recognition as, as, as the guy who sealed the deal. But, uh, every single player on the pitch and in the stands and and on the bench deserved uh, deserved that uh, round of applause, and I think they uh, I think they got quite a bit of it, if I'm not mistaken, Dan. They, they did, and and it was also nice. Uh, really, a uh, stat I had not seen uh, until just before in the before recording the podcast. Only the third time this season. Uh, where Michi was introduced and not immediately mistaken as Nathaniel Chaloba when he was introduced. So uh, r- really nice night for him, too, in that regard. 
I was kind of worried about this, Brandon, because, you know, both of them played today. And, you know, that could be super confusing for a, a an amateur commentator. Well, we can talk about it in a second, but the uh, Mishi had a chance in the first half that Shalaba essentially let go through to him. I mean, they're standing right next to each other. I may or may <laughs> not have been confused for a short moment. But then I saw... I'm, sure sh- I'm really sure Shalaba would have taken the goal today, too. Oh, I'm just, you know, you know. Absolutely. Uh, but anyways, it, it was the matches this past Monday, May 15th. In case you missed it, Blues 4, Hornets 3. Uh, we did not have any correct predictions. Kind of unsurprising with this scoreline, but I will give a shout out to Marcus on Facebook who did say 3 2 to the good guys. That is close enough for me. Dan, what is not close enough for me is this lineup because any kind of prediction that Nick Verlaney put on Twitter was not this. Yeah, I didn't, no, I didn't to, come to, that uh, far away. I didn't to, come to that be, far away. To be fair, I, I'm pretty sure Naz uh, on our last episode, myself, were, were projecting much fewer uh, adjustments to the lineup. So I, I think everyone got uh, a little turned around, as it were, uh, like a uh, midfielder kind of trying to watch Conte work around them while, with this lineup. You know, Begovic in the back between the sticks, Courtois, not even on the substitute bench, just getting a chance to to watch in his uh, you know wonderful kind of civilian attire today. He had uh, Kurt Zuma coming back in for a start. John Terry, Captain Lear legend in the central center back role. Nathan Ake to his left. Um, you know, he also had Aspilicueta push up into a wingback position. Conte, Chalaba in the midfield together. Kennedy, holy hell, still alive, yeah. not <laughs> we, dead. We, we not should go dead. back. We should go back really quick to what we said in our last podcast, Dan. Where there's no chance in hell Kennedy would start, <laughs> and everyone, um, everyone just nodded in agreement, like, yeah, of course, nothing that crazy would happen. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the fact that uh, Nazar, when he tweeted about Kennedy, referred to him as, uh, "Well, the real uh, Slim Kennedy, please stand up." And I don't think a lot of people got it, but uh, it was a, a a call to Eminem and uh, yep. the Slim Shady haircut that he was sporting. And then uh, William Hazard and Batshuayi getting a little run up top. So definitely not the lineup uh, most of us were expecting. And he had some substitute appearances from a Ola Ana, a Cesc Fabregas, and a Pedro. Again, not what you were expecting. What is an Ola Ana? Can I <laughs> ask that question out loud? Um, you know, he is a, a man. Okay. Uh, he is a, a defender. Traditionally, okay. in a uh, in now in a, a right or left wing back position, sure. Uh, he, he he could also be considered a myth because again, uh, this is the first <laughs> time he has emerged from uh, the the winters uh, outside of a a place and even the substitute bench for uh, uh, quite some time. I think the last time he was on the bench was probably an FA Cup game. Not yet a legend, then just a not, man not, and a myth. Just a man and a myth. Uh, he's working on that last piece. Sure. So, Nick, to be fair, your lineup actually wasn't that far off at all. I, I went uh, ahead and dug it up on uh. Twitter. So you had <laughs> you had the back four, uh. right? So you had Bego, Zuma, Terry, Ake. Nailed that spot on. Uh, you Boom. did have Aspie's wing back. Uh, you had Fabregas yep. and Chalaba. So obviously, Conte is the only switch yeah. there. And then Alonso, but no one had Kennedy. And then up top, you had William Batshuayi and Ruben Loftus-Cheek. We found out was ill. Otherwise, Probably would have made it. Yeah, so that wasn't that bad. I mean, you were you were trying to kill me like I'd I'd predicted 
the whole youth eight, under 18 team starting. Yeah, it, it really sounds like to me that you're looking for a second place trophy and we don't award those, Nick. Look, hey, I was three <laughs> off. No one else offered a prediction. So, I mean, it's true. You know what? You guys shove it. So um, I would like to go ahead and just as we continue to talk about the lineup and the stats, I mean, uh, obviously it was, you know, we you kind of talked about all the players had earned this this season, even if you only got a little bit of a few minutes. And that is something that Conte said afterwards. He's like, look, every single player on this roster deserves to go run out there. They worked hard all season. They've kept themselves sharp. They've been awesome professionals. And he tried to get as many as of these guys time as he could. And then as it got towards the end of the game, we needed a winner. You know, he brought on a little bit of experience, but Conte is a man who absolutely practices what he preaches. Like there is no disconnect uh, between what he's telling us and what, you know, he's then going out and doing. So I think that's just another strong Testament to his character. And and probably a big reason why a lot of these players just will absolutely go to war for him is because he's like, Hey, we wrapped it up. You guys have been here busting your butt all season. I'm going to get you minutes even while he's chasing the most wins in a Premier League season record. Yeah, I think that's the, you know, that was what we talked about with Naz um, a couple of days ago is, you know, just because they won the title doesn't mean that Antonio Conte is automatically going to shut off and just concede a 5 nil defeat. I mean, I think, you know, the, the goals that were conceded today are enough to make him uh, rethink his entire strategy um, because, you know, Wofford hadn't scored away from home in such a long time and we gave up some uh, some pretty sloppy goals. So I think the the overall consensus as you look towards Sunderland is that there will be no mercy given um, and that this team better show up and play to his expectations. Otherwise, some of these guys might not get a start against Arsenal in the FA Cup. Look, Watford had three shots on target, three goals. Chelsea had nine and they had four. So, you know, that's kind of where that was tonight. Yeah. All right. Goals times. We have got plenty of them to go through. Um, 22nd minute captain leader legend, John Terry finds a loose ball in the box during a corner kick and uh, pokes it home to continue the dream ending. Nick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't get better than this. I mean, this is uh, it's storybook. It has all of the, the cliches in it. I mean, this is a guy who has bled for the club for, you know, ever now. I mean, there's not enough superlatives to to put on him, the player. And I think this was just a small glimpse, Dan, of what, we, what we're what we potentially going to miss with him uh, in the coming years is a defender who knows to get, how to get in the box and who is clinical enough to finish, uh, you know, kind of a, a an off off chance. I mean, it wasn't even a real chance that he he swung his left boot boot at it and uh, off the post and in. It was it was a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, for for John Terry, it's a little uh, A B S. Always be scoring when he's in that box, and you know, yep. he definitely is. Whether it's a head, whether it's a foot, whether it's somewhat of an arm. Uh, I know he finds a way to, to get the ball into the net and it was nice to, to go up early and for him to get uh, what could be his last goal at Sanford bridge, which is uh, quite a uh, momentous occasion. Hopefully not his last, but I can tell you in the 24th minute, what he did wish and hope will be his last is even before we were done celebrating JT's greatness, he turned around and put Kapu in on goal for a free header. Unfortunately, Dan, I mean, and you know this is hard, not only just because it's Terry, but Terry and Begovich, they're buds, man. 
Now, they do like to play some mini golf together, as the uh, Insta stories have led us to believe. But, you know, I, I think it was, I, I think if T- Tebow was there, it probably was not an, an issue, maybe necessarily, I, I think the same way. So, again, I, I think more of this, some of these defensive goals really came down to the fact that we had a lot of rotation, um, you know, defenders getting turned, a little lack of, of match freshness, as it were. And, uh, you know, ultimately a, a bad one to give up, especially after scoring a goal just uh, moments earlier. Yeah, not not the dream ending there, Brandon, at all. <laughs> well, 36th minute, Chelsea responded from another corner kick where Aspie found a weak clearance at the top of the box and was able to smash it home through a rather crowded box. Nick didn't even take a deflection, just went straight in. Yeah, I felt like this game was just a reward for the really hard workers out there. Um, you know, as you're dying with cough, Brandon, uh, I feel like you're one of these guys. You probably need a goal today just because you work really hard and you're playing through injury. Um, Dave is Dave has been present all year. He started every Premier League match uh, and, and really, you know, Terry gets one, you know, being the captain all year, kind of uh, taking on that role on the bench. Dave been a warrior all year. Um, and, and just deserved it. And he, he was on a, a tear today. I mean, he had a few shots on goal. He was bombing up and down the right. I mean, this was a, a very fun Dave to watch. There was zero defending coming from those wingbacks. They were all out attack. Well, 49th minute after another Conte halftime fire him up speech, Mishi came out ready to ball and gave Chelsea some breathing room, Dan. Yeah, I think it might actually be time to retire the uh, the minutes for Mishi hashtag. And I think it's just going to be goals from Mishi moving forward. Ooh, goals uh, from Mishi, huh? Goals from Mishi because, uh, you know, he has uh, converted, uh, what, three three goals on uh, four shots on target. And that is uh, quite a little uh, little stat for him to kind of be putting together here. So, uh, you know, very, uh, very nice two of uh, Nathan Ake to uh, not take the shot on his own, but to set Mishi up for it too and gaining the assist. Um, Ake definitely could have been the person to kind of put something maybe between uh, the keeper's legs, uh, try to repeat a, a Guzan at Millsborough appearance there, but he was very selfless, set Mishi up, and you know, Mishi gets two and two games, and you know that had to be great for him, especially getting that uh, that first Premier League start of the season. 51st minute, copy and paste. Uh, Chelsea's mental breakdown after the first goal continued as Jan Mott took Ake deep into the box. He just cut it back to his right foot. Ake had overcommitted to the other side and uh, hit a hard push pass uh, to the far post, Nick. I mean, you you kind of wished Ake would have done a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. I, this was... Um, this was... This was not great for Make, uh, unfortunately. And the the thing I think we've we've talked about with him uh, in in past episodes where he's he's had some minutes on the field is just you know body strength and and bulking up a little bit. Uh, you know I, I think if he was a little bit bigger, uh, maybe Janmat doesn't bully him as much here. And then he just positionally was kind of sixes and sevens turned around and just not a great moment for him personally. I know he'll come back from it. I'm not, I'm not concerned. I think he, he put in a fine performance other than this, but um, just not a super moment overall. Well, 74th minute 
Things got nervy as Okaka. Also found a loose ball in the box. Just toe-poked it in to set up a wild 15 minutes remaining, Dan. I mean, getting to 3-3 with Watford was, even with that many changes in the lineup, was a bit of a shock for me. It really was. Yeah, you know, he used that muscular frame to really, you know, stand up to Zuma, Terry, and, you know, Ake kind of came in a little late to try to provide some support. But, you know, by that point, you know, he was kind of jettisoning the ball, you know, past Begovic for the goal. And, you know, just, I think, again, you saw so many changes defensively really, really tested it, especially, you know, I think Zuma on both these goals, uh, Yamats and Okaka's were, you know, definitely a little half-paced in his responsiveness and, and just kind of the way he tried to handle the ball with his feet. You know, I actually think, you know, Ake got put out a little bit on the Yamat goal. Um, you know, Zuma had the ball between his feet, kind of nicked it back, almost like a back pass, and went right back into Yamat's path. He carried that forward. And in this one, he thought Zuma was going to get high enough to kind of head the ball away. That didn't happen. Okaka kind of bullied him out of position, uh, him and Terry. So uh, definitely some, you know, we've talked a lot about the defense and, and what's going to happen in the offseason, but very clear that, you know, there's there's a lot of work to do in that area beyond the the starting three right now. 80th minute, Conte had enough time to make all three of his changes, as he always does. And Fabregas, yet again, was the super sub he's been all season, Nick. Just finished so well with his one-time shot from the top of the box. And it's as he's being closed down as well. Yeah, Fabregas uh, has just had uh, a ridiculous season off of the bench. And and you knew kind of the, the changes that were made, um, you know, bringing on and I think Kennedy had a rough day kind of from a defensive standpoint. So he brought on Olaena. Uh Fabregas comes in, Pedro comes in, he was going for it. You know, again, he does not like to lose and I, as a Chelsea fan. You, you just are so heartened by this because it's so it's such a, a unique shift in mentality for the club. Um, just to not let it go and lock up shop. So, uh, you know, putting in Fabregas here was the perfect thing. We were moving the ball around much better when he got onto the pitch uh, to nobody's surprise. And he finished a great, you know, kind of dug it into the ground. It was a great finish past uh, Aurelio Gomez. And uh, that would be the uh, the clincher. Indeed, it would. Finally, the score settled at 4-3. Good guys, Chelsea. Now continuing to keep the dream alive of most wins. 30. We're going for 30 out of 38 games won. I mean, that is nuts to think about, Dan, the the win percentage across such a long time. Yeah, it would be the, the first team since the, the change to a 38-game Premier League season to post a higher win total. Um, and the last team to do 29 was Chelsea. So, you know, real cool opportunity to to not only have a Premier League record, but also to create a new club record, too. And uh, again, you know, if you watch the the post match celebrations, uh, King Conte um, would uh, you know definitely be deserving of having you know shepherded the club and the team to to such an honor. Well, all right, let's go ahead and jump into the actual football now, Nick. How do you think Conte's lineup performed overall today against a generally weak Watford side? I, you know, I think it was it was good. Uh, you know, I think you saw, you know, Zuma and Ake and Terry kind of 
having to form a partnership on the fly is not always super easy. Um, so you saw some struggles in communication with them and Bego. Uh, I thought that Shaloba had a really solid game, um, a very, very solid, was driving into space, was finding pockets to receive the ball, uh, you know, was letting Ngolo Kante do his thing, but um, was, was spreading the ball around on the left pretty well. Um, you know, the wingbacks, Dave had an all-timer of a game for him. Uh, you know, we've, we've seen him play so great, uh, but, you know, at, at right center back. But, man, he, he had a great day at wingback. And, you know, William Hazard and Batshuayi just kind of mixed it up a little bit. I thought the movement up front, uh, you know, as Batshuayi gets more minutes, Dan, I think he you start to see the movement and the flicks and kind of some of the intricacies that you see with Costa kind of come to come to life a little bit. Yeah, you know, I think you're, you're spot on. I think Aspliqueta, you know, looked incredible. I think, you know, Mishi, you know, obviously kind of put in a really nice goal. Uh, you know, I think he and, and William up top together actually kind of combined really well. I think Hazard got, you know, caught a little bit. Obviously, there was some cynical challenges that, you know, definitely didn't need to be taking place in a game so late in the season. Um, you know, Watford have, you know, are... are relegation safe and have no ability to advance into a European spot. Um, you know, I think, uh, Mazzari obviously has a little bit of a history with Conte and, and would not want to lose, but, uh, you know, I think there were some good performances. Um, it's just some of the fringe performances like from a Kennedy or Zuma just, you know, really weren't, um, I think what we were hoping for. And definitely, you know, the term was being banded about, today on, on social media that we were playing with a B team. And I think that was uh, very evident outside of a couple of flair performances from Aspilicueta, William, uh, Mishi, uh, you know, Conte, I think is always fun to watch on the pitch. Um, but beyond that, I think everyone definitely showed why they're not at this point, a member of the starting lineup for the, uh, the club. You look at the passing map and you see that, uh, you know, Aspi stayed close to Zuma to help him out. But Kennedy absolutely just ran away from Ake all day. He he wanted nothing to do with the defensive side of uh, wingback. And he was, you know, twice as close to Hazard on average this match than he was ever to Ake. And um, I think, you know, it's kind of interesting looking at Ake. His biggest pass combo was, was with Chalaba, who they also hang out the most and you kind of wonder if maybe they have like a better chemistry because of what they, you know, hang out off the field at. Uh, but there's no doubt that this team, um, you know, Hazard again was farther ahead than Batshuayi. William was almost on level with Batshuayi. Chelsea just had so much time and space to run at these guys. And I think that was good because it'll build confidence for Shalaba to be able to uh, have some time on the ball and find passes. But I thought for the most part, you know, the team – you know, like when you're at a club, and I, I guess I'm only assuming because I've never been at that level, a lot of times you play starting 11 versus second 11. So I bet JT, Zoom, and Ake have some decent minutes together. But Chalaba and Conte probably don't play together a lot. And Kennedy and Hazard and Hazard and Batshuayi and William, those three probably never are together in the same team, uh, like when they're playing full field. So I was really happy to see these guys combine. You know, Danny talked about Mishi and William having a connection. I love the one where is a long ball to Mishi. William is running off him through the middle, and Mishi just lays it off for William to blast on through. And um, I thought the guys did well today. And maybe Watford played into it because they weren't really putting us under pressure. But you know, for the most part, I thought this was uh, this was well done for eight or nine changes. 
Yeah, I would quickly say too when you look at some some of the positioning, um, you know, Hazard obviously being very very much the most forward player in the in the lineup. Willian had the most involvement from a passing standpoint from every position kind of on that right hand side. And when you're looking at this map, you know, it's it's in kind of impressive because his arrows are kind of going side to side and he obviously drives a lot of different directions and is tricky like that. But um, it was, it was kind of a weird, a weird formation from the sense that Mishi was not really leading the line. Hazard was, and Mishi was just trying to play that second striker poacher, Dan. Yeah. You know, and and ultimately, you know, the way that they, you know, Hazard and Mishi were kind of pushing up, it almost, you know, leads a little bit more to that, you know, that two at the top, I mean, they would tell you that it was more of a, you know, three four three or three four two one. You know, obviously when you kind of have Hazard and William kind of playing back a little bit, but um, you know, I, I mean, I think it worked. You know, the the front line was the the best operating part of this, uh, in addition to the Aspilicueta and William connection. Obviously, Asby had to drop back a little too much, I think, to to help out Zuma. There were times where, you know, Zuma just positionally was nowhere near Aspilicueta, yet they were defending the box and you just wondered kind of where, where he had gotten off to. And, uh, you know, you, you eventually found him. You're like, Oh man, that's, that's where Zuma went off to. Okay. Um, you know, maybe you should be where Aspilicueta is and Aspilicueta should be where you are. Um, but you know, just, just very interesting parts of the, the, the match with all the changes. And, you know, I think it's any time you make that many changes to a starting lineup in a Premier League game and you walk away with a win, um, as much as we talk about, you know, who didn't look well and it didn't work right, um, you know, obviously you won, and that's the most important thing. So uh, credit to uh, King Conte. Oh, King indeed with that crown. All right, we got a good look at Mishi today. What did you make of him leading the line, Dan? I know we just talked about Hazard actually being further forward and Mishi uh, maybe coming back to get the ball a little bit more, but how do you think the man did? Yeah, I think uh, it played well. You know, I think Mishi, you know, um, you know, it doesn't have necessarily some of the same physicality and kind of hold-up play that Diego has, but, you know, the the passing that he kind of brings to it, the ability to kind of play the ball forward, you know, I think there are things that, you know, frustrate, you know, some of us when we watch Diego play, and I, I know Nick is never a fan of Diego's uh, first touch sometimes, but uh, I think Mishi probably gave you a little bit from a passing perspective and an interchange perspective that you maybe liked a little bit more than what you see from Costa at times. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, just kind of like he did um, against Spurs in the FA Cup final. Um, yeah, I think one of the one of the things that he has kind of become really good with uh, with William and uh, and Hazard would be just those back heel flicks. You know, the ball gets up to him. He flicks it out to the side and then immediately takes off, uh, which I think kind of helps spearhead um, the uh, the counterattack. So uh, I think uh, he he does have some some really good attributes. I mean, he's obviously not as big as and, and strong as, as Diego is, but I think his first touch kind of leaves you uh, thinking about him a little bit differently. Ed just but do it even asked us on Twitter. Does Mishi have a future at Chelsea? I think a lot of people are going to speak a lot more highly about Mishi just because of the last two games that he's played in. And maybe even if you throw in the FA Cup where he played about 65 minutes against Spurs. I think that a lot of people think his stock has actually risen quite a bit because of these performances. You know, we haven't, you know, 
He only played like 120 minutes before this match and he got, you know, the whole game pretty much. So I think that at least personally, he's got a much better chance of staying next season than I probably thought even a month ago. I, I don't know. I guess, Dan, do you think he's going to stay? And you don't have to get into the whole transfer window and other potential targets, but I guess maybe keep it easier. Do you think that his stock has risen quite a bit right here at the end of the season? Oh, I, I, I think that's without a question. I think when you score the title deciding goal, when you get to play in the FA Cup and, and offer a great, you know, performance against, you know, crosstown rivals, um, yeah, you know, there's plenty that is going on his resume that people are going to really appreciate. And, you know, he's also just a fun dude in general. You know, he, he's socially active on, on Twitter and, and Instagram and all those things. And just seems like a guy you want to root to root for to be successful. So, you know, I, I think fans are going to want to see him to continue to get an opportunity. And I think it's just a matter of does he fit into what we're looking to do and, and which targets, again, which you mentioned, um, we kind of go after and then what does it all shake out to be? Because it's everything that keeps on coming out is, you know, biggest window, um, you know, since 0405. And that's, uh, that's going to be pretty darn crazy. Nick, I mean, same thing to you. Mishi has his stock risen as far as keeping him around next season. I mean, his his battle is always going to be the formation. So it, it legitimately depends on what formation Chelsea plays. I mean, he is he's clearly a second striker, kind of a an underlying striker, a guy who can take advantage of, uh, you know, I think less than fortunate situations in the box, you know, as far as passing goes, where I think Diego needs a little bit better service. I think uh, Batshuayi can, can pounce on things and is a little bit more of a poacher. You know, it is, he is formation bound. And, you know, I, I hope that he, you know, and, and the club decide on whatever is going to be best for his development in the long term and not in the short term. I would like to hear what our listeners out there think via email. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, hit us up. How do you feel Mishi, his stock has risen, stayed the same, not improved at all over these last few matches? I think everyone wants to see him succeed because he's such a fun guy, but at the end of the day, it's all about results and performances. Uh, question number three. Overall, what are your thoughts on JT's performance tonight? Obviously, he had a he had a good goal, you know, in the right place at the right time, but then turned around and made that pass that led to Watford's first goal. But other than that, I thought he did well with two kids on either side of him, Nick. But what did you think about the, the man himself, JT? Uh, he's tremendous. You know, I, I think this might be the last time we see him definitely start uh, in a Chelsea shirt. I don't think he'll, he'll start against Sunderland. I mean, he might, but... Uh, I think that uh, he, you know, I think he played pretty well. Uh, was very involved on the set piece side of things, uh, as you would expect a, a guy of his pedigree. Uh, I think that to to his credit, he was marshalling uh, two really young players in Zuma and Ake around him, um, and uh, and a young one in front of him in Chaluba. So he didn't have the typical prote- uh, protection that. David Louise would have in that similar role. Um, so all those things considered, you know, he had, he had one mistake and a couple more uh, less than great moments, but overall I think he played really well. 
Dan, just going to kick it right over to you as well. I mean, there's a reason we call him Captain Leader Legend back there. Yeah, you know, and uh, definitely uh, continuing to make it difficult for Gay- Gary Cahill to uh, catch up to him on the all-time uh, scorers from a uh, defender role in the Premier League. So, I, I mean, it's tough, man. Like, you wish, you know, with, with his brain, um, you know, obviously I'm a big uh, big Patriots fan, which Nick hates. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I think I think about Tom Brady is, you know, the the equivalent from a U.S. sporting perspective where a guy has played his whole life with one team, has won multiple titles, and you know at a certain point, it's not going to be there anymore, and it's going to suck. And, you know, it may involve a, a, another team. It may involve another league. It may involve the same league. It, it may involve retirement. You know, the, the future being so nebulous, I think I could just only go back and just say, you know, it was great to watch 90 minutes of John Terry again in, in any standing and shape that it was in. So, Nick, you think that this might be his last, you know, at least start or match? Do you think that Conte is going to revert back to his strong lineup against Sunderland kind of as we head in to the FA Cup final against the Gunars? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I, You know, I think that it was really good for David Luiz to get rest. I mean, I think we all know that that dude's been carrying uh, the, the weight of the injury for a long time. Uh, you know, I think it was good for Maddich and Sess to get mostly rest in this game. I think, uh, you know, good for Angola Conte to get back out there and get match fit again. Um, but I, I think I think you're largely gonna you're gonna see a few changes made for Sunderland to uh, to get the team ramped up for uh, for playing Arsenal because you know I think what Angola or uh, Angola what uh, Antonio Conte said on uh, on um, Friday after the match is. It's a good season right now. You know, we win the title. You know, everything's cheery. It'll be a great season if they do the double. And I think that that is his next focus. You know, beating Sunderland is great. Getting the the Premier League win record is great. You know, winning the FA Cup now is the major priority. And I, I think they just are going to do everything humanly possible to go out there and run a 4-0 up on Arsenal. I think it'll be a good chance for... Dave to get a rest next week as you kind of talk about rotating players and letting Pedro go to wing back and leaving William up because William was so phenomenal today. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think that it could be kind of back to the normal team, but we'll see because at the end of the day, like it still is JT and he just carries such a weight and presence with the club. Um, you know, Conte at, at least will probably give him 30 minutes and unless like the game is completely upside down for some reason. Um, but just to wrap this one up, I guess I want to get your thoughts on, on how William played today, Dan. I thought, you know, he was tremendous. He was all over the field. I mean, his heat map has to be just a ton of coverage. He was lively. He was bright. He was creating, he was taking chances. I don't want to, I guess, tee you up and be biased, but that was what I thought. No, I mean, I think, you know, when you kind of look at the order of, you know, kind of the performances on the pitch. You know, I think it's between, you know, Dave and William probably had some of the best days on the pitch, you know, right. Kind of Mishi kind of right behind him. And, you know, I think Sesk is a, a rarity because, you know, he comes on the pitch for 10 minutes and scores a goal and it's just exceptional as a super sub. But, you know, I think Dave and William had the, the best game and, you know, it was nice to see, you know, what William can kind of bring from a uh, rotational standpoint. And, you know, you look at that as, 
if you can retain some of the talent of these players who may or may not be happy with their role um, heading into next season, 15, 20 more competitive matches, uh, you know, the playing time is going to be there. And you may not be the first teamer in the Premier League, but you might be the first teamer for the FA Cup and the Champions League. And that might be something that, you know, keeps someone like William you know, happy from a from a playing standpoint because you know Pedro has done extremely well and who's to say that we don't find another player that's going to be competing for you know one of those top three spots. Nick, anything you want to add on William before we go ahead and move on to additional thoughts in the uh, main of the match bowl? Uh, he's fast. Shit, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> that's all I got. All right. Well, I appreciate you keeping it fast as well, my man. So, yeah, let's go ahead and do additional thoughts or comments. I see, Nick, you have, maybe it was you, uh, yep. a note from uh, Nisar at the post-match conference today about Conte's thoughts on Aspie Laqueta. Yeah, so I think, uh, so I just pulled this from uh, from our good friend, Nizar Kinsella. Uh He is, uh, so he was at the, the post-match press conference, as always. Uh, on Dave, uh, who I think might be his favorite player on, on, the, on the team, uh, Conte said it's been a massive season for him uh, as be played in a fantastic way. When you have the type of player, it's great for the coach. If I ask him to go and put on the gloves and stay in goal, he's ready. He's a model footballer and able to play in different roles today. He played as a wing back. He scored one goal and could have had two or three. He's having an amazing season for Antonio Conte to say that about you as a footballer. Dan is uh, a praise of the, uh, the utmost order. Yeah, it's a it's a little nicer than just saying that he wants eleven of them to play uh, at the same time. Um, but you know, I, I think he's received plaudits from you know every manager that's had a chance to to work with him, and you know, I, I think we've had a chance to see Aspilicueta as uh, captain for the team at one point this season, and you know, he he is the model for what it means to be Chelsea, and it's really cool that he's you know contracted for. The long term with us, you know, it's a seven million pound buy, uh, and this guy is one of the most reliable and you know, not a, a potential player of the season for the Premier League, which is exceptional. You know, I think you you think about Angolo, Hazard, and Aspilicueta are three players from Chelsea who are all up for the Premier League's Player of the Season award, which you can go vote for, and Dave might be the guy you want to do it for. Um, because you know what, if he plays versus Sunderland, he'll play the entire season. He added goals, he added assists. Um, he's locked down that side. He adapted to another new position this year. Uh, two new positions, three new positions: uh, left wing back, right wing back, um, right center back. I mean, it's, the guy does it all, and he does it you know without complaining, without whining. And we just got to help him on that goal celebration, and then he'll be all set. So last season, uh, Aspie played thirty-seven matches, or I'm sorry, started. Third, played in 37, had one sub-appearance. So he started 37, had one sub-appearance in the Premier League. And that was during a terrible season, and he was still a stalwart in the defense. Uh, this season, he is started 37. He's got a chance to play all 38. I personally would like him to get a little bit of a rest, though, because that dude has just been trucking. We got one big game left. Uh, pretty crazy to see Antonio Conte's wife brought to tears by the chance the fans chanting and you know Antonio 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 uh Dan were you also moved to tears 
well, maybe not moved to tears, but I think it's pretty cool. You know, obviously, you know, that he's spoken about, you know, that the fact that his daughter and wife were in town and, and that he was not going to be watching the West Ham Spurs game, which ultimately made the title clinching win one game earlier. Um, and, and, you know, that, that he obviously has a great love for his family and obviously they have a great love for him. And, you know, I, I think when you have 43,000 plus people all chanting the name of uh, the, the manager is uh, probably a quite exceptional moment and, and fully overwhelming. And, you know, I, I think if he continues to do what he's doing here, she will have plenty of opportunities to to witness that chant in person. Uh, that chant also kicked off at about a minute and a half into the match. I mean, Antonio Conte was clapping the fans right away. We had to sing, we know who we are, champions of England, we know who we are. First, obviously, to remind everybody. But then, second chant off the bat was Antonio. So it was brilliant. Brilliant stuff by the fans is always uh, very much a party at, uh, you know, atmosphere. But Nick, man of the match poll, my man, uh, more than two options this week. What's going on? Uh, yeah, more than two. Um, actually, actually use players this time, which is, uh, you know, foreign concept after last week's manager selection. Um, we had William, who I thought had a brilliant game, and, and he won the, the Premier League man of the match uh, for this match. Aspi, Mishi, and uh, I put Shalba in there because I thought, you know, Shalba started and had a pretty good game. You know, obviously, Sesk uh, and JT both got the goals, but um, Shalba, I think, uh, was, was my selection over those other two. Uh, Dave. Dave wins our, uh, our, uh, our man of the match poll on the London is Blue podcast, and I think rightfully so, Dan. I think he played an outstanding game. Yeah, 100%. He was my man of the match as well. You know, not just for helping put the ball forward, but there were a couple times that he, you know, definitely saved Zuma's skin when it came back to uh, how quickly he got back and how he was running people down the line and making sure that, you know, he either closed it down, forced the ball out of play. Uh, you know, he, I, I was one who kind of struggled maybe with understanding if he could keep up with the pace of the wingback role. And, you know, credit credit to him. I mean, obviously, Watford is different than maybe, a, you know, a Tottenham or a Man City. But, you know, he, he put an amazing shift in that wingback role today. Absolutely did. But that's going to go ahead and wrap up our match review of Watford. Let us know if we missed anything. Or, again, I really want to hear about your guys' thoughts on Mishi Batshuayi. Hit us up on all the usual athletes. We're going to go ahead and do a quick break from... An unnamed guest. I bet you'll never guess who it is. Here we go. Dan, I asked you on on Saturday how much you like gold, and, and you gave me the answer. Um, how much do you like the word champions as just a word? Uh, I like it better when it does not come with an asterisk because it's indicated that I've had the best record since January of 2017. Uh, I like it when it is for the entire Premier League season. Yeah, see, and, and, and so does World Soccer Shop. And so what they've done here is they put Champion 17 on a back on the back of your choice of home, away, or third kits. Uh, and, and you can get those bad boys for... Uh, starting at seventy four ninety nine at worldsoccershop.com. It would be great if you use our referral link. And, and uh, so we got some uh, some swag there from, from our title sponsor. But go to worldsoccershop.com. Check them out. They're beautiful. I think the third kit in particular with the white, the white kit with the gold letters is particularly beautiful. 
do that. And uh, it's the best way to support us. Back to you, BB. So I've got some disturbing news for all you Chelsea fans. Um, you know what else is gold? Tottenham's Twitter account. They went ahead and made their logo gold. I This blows my mind. Someone didn't tell them that the season started in August. I think they think they won, Nick. I mean, apparently their pitch invasion yesterday wasn't enough. They just had to, to paint everything gold, huh? Half-season champions, they know who they are. <laughs> this is a real thing. Like their, their logo is actually gold, and a lot of their stuff that they're putting out Oh, let's just let's just stick to the official stuff, guys. Head to World Soccer Shop. We know what's going on. So this is my fault as we get into your social media questions because Janique did email us over the weekend and in our hastiness to record a championship podcast. I missed it. But anytime someone emails us such a great question, I'm going to take the time to go ahead and read it out uh, because this is. It was just a great email. So she kicks it off with this. Before I forget, I wanted to send y'all a quick question about Fabregas. In his career, he's been criticized a a bit, which is an understatement, for only being at top form for the first half of a season before then falling off. We sort of saw that in his first season at Chelsea. With that in mind, do you think in a way he's benefited by how he's been used by Conte? Because he's playing less, perhaps he's been able to avoid that drop-off due to fatigue over the course of a full season, which has helped his productivity overall. I'd still like to see him, A, stay at Chelsea, and B, be used more next season. I think he's still a player that benefits more than most from rotation. Keep up the good work, boys, and as always, keep the blue flag flying high. Nick, I just want to put it to you, not like because... <laughs> I think like you, we all bashed him last season, I guess. I just, what do you think now? Because um, he really has been so strong this second half of this season. Yeah. I think the, um, the credit, the criticism is fair with him. You know, I think when, when he has consistently started every, um, every match, you know, throughout a season that he does, you know, go into big lulls, maybe half season lulls. Um, I think last year it's kind of an aberration just from an entire team standpoint. I mean, you know, he, he can put a ball through to, uh, to Diego, but if Diego doesn't convert it, he doesn't get the assist. So, uh, he's a unique player. I think his first season is probably the best indicator that, you know, coming off the bench might not be the worst thing for his career. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just trust Antonio Conte, who has worked with players such as uh, Claudio Marchisio and Andrea Pirlo and and all these Italian legends to know how to manage a player like Cesc Fabregas at age 30, uh, heading into the twilight of his career, uh, but still with an incredible amount of talent in his bag to to help the team. So. I think that it is it is really just going to be a management thing. I'm sure Sesk wants to play every game, and if he if he has the competitive spirit that I believe he has, but uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think this is a an incredible opportunity for him to stay at Chelsea, play matches next year. You know, as Dan's mentioned, we're going to have 14 more matches or whatever uh, with Champions League, and you know, depending on how far we get in the cup competitions and uh, the domestic cup competitions, I should say. Uh, I think he has an incredible opportunity to be a legend at Chelsea. Dan, over to you. 
Yeah, uh, pretty pretty much what Nick said, because uh, his assessment, as he would say, didn't suck. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, you know, uh, Sesk <laughs> is, is magic. Uh, he does wear, indeed, a magic hat. Hmm. Um, and, you know, he did not sign for Arsenal because he realized he could win two trophies in three years um, where he had won none um, during his time in Arsenal. So, uh, truly a magician, a wizard, a soothsayer in his ability to understand the future because there's no way anyone is pinging balls forward into empty space like he is without knowing that someone's going to be there. In- and hopefully he will go for three trophies as well as we wrap this one, one up. One over Arsenal, which would just be, that would cement. I think that would cement him as a Chelsea legend. At least with the fans for sure. Absolutely. It'd be, it'd be great if he scored. Oh, oh, that would just destroy Wembley. Oh, the hair just there it is. The hair just stood up on my arm. <laughs> All right, uh, at Kanye West Ham, get it? Uh, okay, um, must do a keep, sell, or loan of the Chelsea players like you did last year at the end of the season. Yes, we will. So that will be coming to you guys. Um, at Louis Yaya says we all know the targets in quotations. For next season, but do you see Conte switching to two strikers up top? Dan kind of touched on a little bit, so you don't have to go into super detail, but generally, do you think Antonio is looking to switch to a two striker formation? I, I think he wants the caliber players to have the option. Uh, I think with anything you're going to look at, Antonio wants the option to basically have a player structure that allows him to do any of the formations, whether it's a 4 2 4, whether it's a Three five two, whether it's a three four two one, he wants the flexibility and versatility. So I would not be shocked if we saw two striker formations up top if he has the personnel next year. At bearded bard underscore says a pretty solid cameo from Olaena. Can we expect to see more of him in cup games next season? Uh, he seems to be better at wing back than Pedro or Kennedy. Nick, you're the wing back expert of the pod. It's cool. Um, did not know that until right now, but that's that's pretty cool. Um, I think Ola Aina needs to go out on loan uh, next season. I think he he's a raw, smooth athlete. You know, we saw him in person in Minneapolis. He he is definitely athletically gifted. I think just needs to play a lot more to get some of his technique down, uh, and and hopefully can come back to Chelsea and and play one of those wing back positions. Uh, in, in a year or two, uh, but I think just at, at 20 years old, he hasn't seen enough of the uh, enough of the field to uh, to warrant that yet. Uh, next one uh, at MF Parcher says, "Does a Kennedy start at this point mean anything for next year?" Now, Dan, not to take away from your expertise at the wingbacks, so I want to get this to you. Uh, when he says, "Does a Kennedy start?" I believe he means the real Kennedy start. <laughs> a re- a real well, and and he spelled Kennedy like like our president Kennedy, not like Brazilian Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, yeah. Does so does the no, does the I, real yeah, Slim just, Kennedy start at any point next season? See, you went with Eminem. I was going to go with the appropriate spelling of Kennedy and, and go with the idea. And ask not what you can do for the three four three, but what the three four three can do <laughs> the for you. Uh, nice. <laughs> um, I I don't think it means pretty much nothing. Uh, you know, I, I think there's. I, I'm, I don't. The guy, the guy couldn't get in the lineup. Gets one basically appearance is kind of a hey, let me see what you got, and 
we haven't seen him for for months and months and months. Like I honestly think he they wanted him to go on a loan or to sell the dude, and they just couldn't get the deal done. And you know, he's still hanging around the fringes. I would be happy to be wrong, but I I just don't see it. I think like an Olaena is a much better prospect from a wingback position. Um, obviously not, you know, a left footed player. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, courtesy appearance. At smooth underscore one at smooth one says smooth one. Oh, there it is. I can't get that low. <laughs> Once again, Conte's golden touch is rewarded with fab scoring after subbing in amazing. Not a question, just great insight. And I wanted to give you a little shout out. Uh, how important is it to go for the record for most Premier League wins on Sunday, Nick? That is from at mile high underscore hokey. Very important. And as I said earlier on the pod, uh, I think that every match is an opportunity to win 5-0 for Antonio Conte. So let's go win 5-0. I think it also helps cement his status as like one of the best um, managers we've got. Uh, you know, And as far as like how well he's done from taking bruised players from 10th to 1st and just, again how big of a change he's done to the team. I think that that'll go a long way with it as well. And look, we're Chelsea football club. We love setting records. Any record we can hold and hang over every other team's head is a great one. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. At Nathan Vance one says Dave or Cahill for the armband. So let's go around and do everyone on this. Cause I think it's a really important question. Let's just assume that these are the only two options. Okay. Uh, Dan, we'll let you kick it off. How so? So so kind of you, Brandon. Uh, <laughs> always the nicest gentleman when giving questions out or assigning the opposite team goals to <laughs> someone to announce. I've no, I've um, noticed that honestly. I've noticed that Brandon's just been giving you the uh, the opposing team's goals recently. Do you want to know why? I, I, you know, maybe it's maybe it's because I'm less cynical about the goals. Huh. I, mean, I, I don't I don't dig in as deep. Literally, I get literally Nick. Or Dan, you do the starting lineup. And so the next thing I kick off with Nick, just so it alternates. And it happens to be that Chelsea always scores first. And this reason we've been going, we score, they score, we score, they score. It's really out of my hands. Thanks, Chelsea. So I just, good, good, good on you, Chelsea. <laughs> um, man, uh, Cahill's actually, I think, done a, a pretty, pretty fantastic job at it this year, despite the, the crap he's gotten you know, throughout the season. Obviously, he did not start well. Um, once we kind of made a shift in formation, you know, kind of rallied up, but man, there, there isn't a big piece of my heart that doesn't want at some point, uh, Dave to be our, our captain. Like he just, he's, he's so eloquent. He's so humble. Yeah. He, you know, definitely fights for, you know, his, his peers and, you know, definitely is, is a bit of a, a tiny Spanish commander on the pitch. So, uh, I, I would love for it to be Dave. Nick, what is your thought on this? I I think Dave as well. Um, you know, I, I when we when we asked this question or when uh, when JT announced that he was leaving, it was between Louise and and Dave, and I I picked Dave in that scenario as well. I I think Cahill will be the captain next year as long as he's still at the club. I I have any doubt about that, but I think for the long term future of the captaincy, Dave is only 26 or 27. Um, 
So he could hypothetically hold that title, you know, kind of in a Philip Lom style for um, for quite a while. And, you know, he's not only, you know, one of the hardest workers on the team in the, in the top two within Golo Conte, I think, but uh, just a tremendous work ethic, a tremendous leadership style, I think quiet, but you saw today when he got fouled, he was angry, you know, and I think he has the passion to kind of carry that as well. So uh, all, all praise to Dave. Uh, he is uh, definitely one of my favorite players on the team. And I, I think worthy of the captaincy. I think if you're going to limit it to those two guys, I would edge towards Cahill just because he's a, he's a little bit older. He's more experienced and Dave's got time to take it over later. Cahill is generally consistently um, more vocal than Dave. Dave is that guy that just is quiet and busts ass and just does the job that needs to be done and kind of leads by example. But I think that at this level, you still need to have a bit of a vocal leader to organize and things. And Courtois doesn't really do it. Louise does as well and Cahill. And I think that's why those two guys get picked out a lot. But mind you, everyone at training, I guarantee picks up on Dave's professionalism and hard work and, um, you know, models that after him. But if you're going to ask me Dave or Cahill, like, again, Cahill's been doing it. I think he's done a, he's grown into it as the season has gone on. And I think that he should continue to have that. All right. Last one up at Axel Oz 15 asks, is Williams best role playing more centrally like he did today? And at Shakhtar, uh, I'm going to guess that he means compared to out wide. Yeah, I don't um So I was kind of referencing this earlier uh, where I think William kind of drifted a lot more centrally than like Hazard did personally. Um, I, that's kind of the, what I was watching. So um, I don't know. I, I don't really think that he's our best number 10 option. I, you know, I think I would take Hazard or Pedro or Cesc kind of over him in that role, but he certainly can be lethal, Dan. I mean, he has the, the driving kind of straight line speed to, uh, to make teams kind of shudder. Yeah. He also does well with, with popping across in and, uh, you know, obviously if you're kind of attacking centrally, you're going to lose that. Um, yeah, you know, because you're not gonna, you know, be expected to drift out as far wide. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily see that with the way that the formation is. I, I think Hazard playing more centrally is probably the best shout if you're gonna drop a player uh, back right underneath the striker. I think we'll have to wait and see um, how everyone lines up next season. But if this is the kind of William you get from pinching him in a little bit, you're definitely on to some. Some greatness from that guy. But to be fair, the second half of the season when he's came on, he's done a good job for the most part. Um, maybe crossing leaves a little bit to be desired, but for the most part, anytime he can run at players with the ball, that's a good situation to be in. So uh, <coughs> pulling a last second audible here, I just saw that the Premier League tweeted um, – from today, one year ago today, guys, Chelsea were giving a guard of honor to Leicester City as they had won the Premier League last year. One year ago, we were doing that. Now, today, it's nuts to think, you know, Watford are giving Chelsea the guard of honor. That's that's a huge, huge swing from one year. I just, I want to bring it up and put it out there because it's pretty crazy. 
it's the same day. No, you know, coincidence, anything. I'm, I'm more worried about your health, bro. Like that's all I, you know, with the, with the coughing and the wheezing. They can't hear uh, it. I edit it out. They won't even know. All right. Let's go ahead and wrap up our social media <laughs> questions. <laughs> and with that being said, we have one last message from our friends at XL Tours, and we'll come back with uh, actually a pretty juicy Sunderland match preview. A lot more interesting than you would probably think. Here we go. Probably not. <laughs> hey, Dan, did you have fun in London uh, when we went there, but but not one week ago? Yeah, I, I had a blast. Uh, you know, we, we went to places like the Cock Tavern. You know, we had a chance to take it in the Elk um, and some of the nightlife there. And uh, we also got to see a match at Stanford Bridge, which was quite exceptional. Indeed. Uh, what what we're trying to tell you to do here is uh, is go follow XL Tours uh, on social media. Uh, they are um, the reason that we went. Um, and I think, you know, just to kind of give you a, an early cue in, uh, we are going to try and set up uh, some sort of uh, experience for the fall. We have yet to determine what that'll look like or or when that will be. But if you follow them on social media, you'll have two sources of information, and uh, we would appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead and dig into that. It's super exciting Sunderland match preview, as I promised. It's going to be the last Premier League match of the season. I mean, can you believe that we're already here, Dan? This is the 38th match. Time has flown by. 38th match, and we have to play the worst damn team in the league (laughs) to close it out. And uh, that is uh, quite uh, quite wonderful of you, David Moyes, to grace us at Sanford Bridge with the worst team in the Premier League. Just means you get the party started early, I hope. And to be fair, they have... Oh, that's why they were celebrating last night. (laughs) I mean, they have started winning once they automatically were relegated. You know, it's like Arsenal, once the pressure's off, they can start winning. But if they're in a title race, oh, wheels fall off. It's just the opposite for Sunderland. But anyways, we'll be back at Stamford Bridge. Huge ceremony going to be happening. It's going to be on this coming Sunday, May 21st. As I mentioned Trophy ceremony at last, Nick. Probably going to be a lot of GoPros out there. Probably going to be a lot of dancing and celebrating. I mean, talk about just the best atmosphere ever. Yeah, to those who are lucky enough to be there on Sunday, uh, I am so jealous of you. Uh, You know, we were... We were there uh, just a week ago, and uh, I, you know, it was, it was a party atmosphere then. I'm sure Sunday will be incredible. Have a blast. Be safe. Don't rush the pitch like a certain uh, minor team would do, uh, because I feel like that's just not a, a strong move. But yeah, it's going to be great. Um, it'll be awesome to see JT uh, lift the Premier League trophy again with Gary Cahill, as he said he would do, and. Uh, you know, Dan, just a, a a culmination of of all that's been great this year. Well, JT has openly talked about possibly retiring. Dan, he said he hasn't completely ruled it out. Uh, he's put out some quotes saying, you know, he doesn't want to be the guy that sticks around too long, gets in the way of youth players. We know he's going to leave Chelsea, but I guess now he's opened the door, retiring. All in all, it's just going to be a super emotional match in that aspect. And like, it's hard to think, you know, this is the last time 
we could potentially ever see John Terry not only in a Chelsea jersey, but it absolutely will be the last time we see him at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, you know, uh, obviously he spent not only part of the season, you know, on the, on the bench, but also spent it, you know, in recovery and rehab too. So, you know, you got to wonder a little bit about the fitness of him. You know, obviously if you've played as long as he has, you have a high level of determination and resilience to come back from those things. Uh, but, you know, ultimately down, be down to the quality of life. And, and he, you know, talked about, you know, that he's going to consider the offers um, both home and abroad and make a determination with, you know, his family about what the next move is. And I mean, look, London is a fantastic city. It's pretty hard to think about, you know, leaving that to, to go to a lot of the places that, you know, a, a veteran defender is going to go. You know, I, I don't think we'll see him come over to the States. You know, I think there, you know, may or may not be offers in, in China, there may or may not be offers in the Premier League. Um, it'll just, it'll be weird to see him play in another shirt, man. Like I think that's going to be so bizarre. I just think you know I think we're all fortunate now at this point uh, to have seen him play live in uh, in Chelsea attire and getting to watch the standing ovation when he got subbed on for the Middlesbrough match and uh, you know the, the applauding every time that he you know touched the ball. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be the the saddest narrative associated with what has ultimately been one of the most enjoyable seasons to witness as a, as a Chelsea supporter. Nick, this is where it gets exciting. Chelsea dominates Sunderland head to head with 22 wins out of a possible 31 crushed them. Oh, when we were away earlier this season, zero to one. Thanks to Cesc Fabregas in the 40th minute. Assist to Big Willian. You know, it is what it is, right? It is Sunderland. It is the last match of the season. We're already champions. Obviously, everyone's going to be thinking about the trophy ceremony. But, I mean, again, I guess the one thing you still have on the line is, again, that record for most wins in a Premier League season. What do you think is going to be driving Conte and the Chelsea players in this match? Uh, this is, um, uh, we've heard, uh, the Chelsea fan cast boys use this, uh, phrase in the past when it, when it kind of comes to their camaraderie as a group, but this is where 90 minutes of football gets in the way of a really good day out. <laughs> um, and, and it kind of feels like that a, a little bit. Um, but I think this will be a, a warm up for Arsenal the following weekend. Um, this will be a good chance to kind of throw out some confusing tactics and get Arsene Banger thinking. And, you know, when he thinks, Dan, you know, stuff just goes horribly wrong. So uh, I'm hoping that this is just kind of an experimental game. And then again, we just win five nil. Yeah, you know, you, you want people to be fresh. You want people to be, you know, in good form. You know, it, it's a game that really both teams should be playing like a friendly. I mean, I, you know, I, you also, though, might think that Sunderland, knowing they're going down, knowing they're not going to be in the Premier League next season, might try to take one last swing uh, at the top competition and just show people that, you know, they're, they're better than they thought. And uh, you know, if any man is up to the task of rallying a team to do the unthinkable is not David Moyes. So uh, not terribly worried about that happening. Well, Sunderland still have to play Arsenal uh, on Tuesday. So maybe that'll be one last kick in the abdomen to really take the, the wind out of them. But I mean, guys, like is this is as lopsided of a table as you can get. Chelsea are in first, Sunderland are in 20th. 
there is no confusion, Dan, on what kind of a team Sunderland are. Six wins all season, 24 losses, negative 34 goal difference. Not as bad as Hull City's negative 37, though. And they're sitting at the bottom of the table with an, a massive 24 points accumulated. It is definitely not a good team. You know, I think that they may try to be confusing people as they beat Hull a couple weeks ago. But, I mean, they lost to Swansea, lost to Bournemouth, lost to Middlesbrough, which was a huge one for them. And they've drawn West Ham. I think this is just going to be able to hopefully let uh, Chelsea have the boys run out there, put Sunderland out of their misery. And, uh, you know, I think the atmosphere, no matter what, is going to be great. But a win is just better, right? Like, we don't have to defend off people saying, oh, but you blew it against Sunderland at the end of the season and you didn't get the the 30-match total wins in a season. So I guess for me, Nick, it really doesn't matter, but it just makes life easier if Chelsea win, right? Win every game. It matters. Like, you know, I, I can't I can't be that mad, you know, if they go out there, put on a show and somehow, you know, lose like they did against Palace. I would be surprised if that happened, but I hope they go out there trying to win and, and trying to make things happen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap up this episode with some final thoughts. Dan, I don't want to overwhelm you, so I'm going to go ahead and let Nick take first shot at this one. Oh, wow. Too, too kind. Yeah, too kind. Um, yeah, I think I think this, uh, this match review kind of centered around uh, the youth and JT kind of at, at polar opposite sides of the spectrum. Uh, I would really hope uh, that, you know, whatever, whatever JT's last minutes in a Chelsea shirt are that they are productive, that he gets the, you know, I know he'll get the reception uh, against Sunderland. I hope he gets uh, an equally amazing reception, uh, you know, when he's lifting the FA cup trophy uh, in a week's time. And, uh, you know, I just, for a guy who has been this this great to the club, I hope the club is just as equally great to him. That's very well said. Well done, Nick. Uh, yeah, that's good that you pulled out the youth in JT as well as the theme. I think that that's, uh, that's something that we definitely hit on in this match, that we had so many changes. You know, we were able to balance everything kind of into, into one squad. So, well done, Dan. Uh, good luck following that up. Uh, he, he did really tie that one together. I'm, I'm very impressed. Um, you know, if you uh, were paying attention during the match today, obviously saw above the traditional Yokohama Tires logo, there was the Building Bridges, which is uh, Chelsea's obviously equality uh, push, you know, to, uh, you know, just make uh, football more inclusive for uh, for fans, for spectators, for uh, loved ones. And uh, I know that uh, they've done a lot of work this year with the uh, Chelsea Pride Group and you know, definitely a good uh, good shout, good follow for all the work that Chelsea is doing as a club and, and the supporters are doing to uh, make it a more open, inclusive, and uh, you know, accepting game uh, for, for everyone. Awesome. Well, I just want to end with saying, in case you somehow missed it this weekend, we did release our championship podcast after the um, West Brom match. So go back and listen to it. We've got a lot of content coming at you this week because, well... Chelsea have a lot of games, but now you do have a week off. So as always, Chelsea fans, until next time, keep the blue flag flying high.